Blog Talk Radio. Franchise pros, stand the man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Wanna lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion lights that pilot light under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire From a single to a multi-unit empire Well pay attention to this podcast that you hear is streaming in HD So fine tune both your ears And standing Paul lays down the law Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor It's all about sustainable growth The sensible franchising Proving concepts to start enterprises So use your left and right side of your brain And absorb this knowledge here franchising today Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Today is Wednesday, April 18th, 2018. I'm reporting live from the Woodlands, Texas, outside of beautiful Houston. And my co-host, Stan Friedman, in Hotlanta, where it's starting to steam up as we head to spring <laughs> and into summer. Stan, how are you today? Doing well, Paul. Thanks. And uh, not quite steamy, but we have a perfect 10 today for weather. It's dry, about 80 degrees is going to be the high. Couldn't make a, you couldn't make for a better day. I imagine when I said we're, you know, rolling into spring and, and steamy weather and our good friends at FC Datsun up in Appleton, Wisconsin, with a couple <laughs> of feet of snow on the ground, are probably, uh, I don't think they're waving with their whole hand at us right now, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, and I think some of their friends in Minnesota, just a little bit further out there to the west, I guess, you know, not too much better there either. They've, they've had a April storm of a couple of feet of snow this year, haven't they? Yeah, uh, some of the pictures we've seen from uh, from those people online have just been, you know, unbelievable. Um, well, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Stan. I, I know we have some sad news in the, in the franchise world, so um, go ahead and uh, yeah, uh, and share it with our yeah. audience. Sure, Paul. You know, the franchise world at large lost an icon last week, and some of us actually a truly well-respected friend as well. I'm talking about Karen Spencer Paul, someone who's been part of my life since my blimpy days back in the 90s. And I'd like to take the front of the house today uh, to read a beautifully written message that Karen's husband, Sean, and their daughter, Lindsay, posted on Facebook last night. And it reads like this. Thursday, April 12th at 11.45 p.m., our wife, mother, and best friend and angel was released from her seven-and-a-half-year battle with breast cancer She continued to give herself to us gracefully until the last breath, leaving this world better off than when she arrived on November 25, 1958. Karen lived her life every day with the spirit and grace and giving as an amazing mother, wife, sister, daughter, cook, baker, entertainer, painter, drummer, mentor, writer, and most importantly, the number one Buffalo Bills fan in the world. Anyone who knew her easily understood the power of her personality and that she stood for everything honest, just, and right about this world. She taught us all to live life with the true passion of your heart, to find your foundation of life and relish it to the fullest. There are no obstacles too big to conquer in all parts of life, knowing that fear can be simply removed by trusting in the truth and the ones you love. She reminded us to consider how we may love each other more, help each other more, and impact the others in a positive way, both personally and professionally. Her passion of giving was a lifelong venture, Paul, through individual mentoring and dedicating her time to her family, her friends, and even as time as a cancer patient, she saw the miracle of Karen's ability to give comfort and grace to others 
and staff in infusion rooms, she understood that a simple touch, a simple smile, or a warm hug goes a long way in this world. She was never afraid to engage a person in pain, no matter what the circumstance. In the early stages of her illness, she had trouble encountering people who didn't know what to say when they saw a cancer patient with their head wrapped in a scarf, swollen from treatment and exhausted from pain. She learned that a simple smile toward them gave them the release from those feelings. Because of this simple act, she helped herself and others to make a beautiful connection with and without verbal communication. Just know that a smile can make all the difference in the world, providing grace and beauty to everyone. Karen was always so thankful to all of her friends, colleagues, and family that loved her deeply. Her wishes for a big celebration with family, friends, and colleagues with great food, wine, spirits, and most of all, lots of laughing is what she would want from us all now. In the coming weeks, there will be celebrations of Karen's life uh, planned for uh, three different cities tentatively, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, and, of course, Buffalo, New York. This was written by Sean Sean Spencer and Lindsay Spencer Pettick, Karen Petrick, Karen and Sean's daughter. And um, they ask that we all honor Karen um, by making donation to a charity that she had very, very closely held in her heart, which is No Kid Hungry. Share our strength, No Kid Hungry. And um, you can simply go to www.karenlspencer.com and find your way to uh, to the links to be able to make a charitable contribution to No Kid Hungry. Paul, I'm going to miss my Buffalo girl, and I know the franchise world will too. And it's a sad way to start our program today, but um, I give honor to Karen, and, and I'm going to miss her a lot. But uh, franchising is alive and well in heaven these days, Paul. I can all but assure that it's true. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very sad. Um, I didn't know Karen all that well. Um, but the few times that I got to sit with her at franchise events, although we're in a very competitive space and our companies did a lot of the same things and often were going after the, the same clients, uh, I always felt her warm, uh, receptive, open to conversations and, and really a pleasure to be around. And, um, you know, so I, I, I'm at a loss for words beyond that. Um, anyway, uh, hate it when something like this happens, obviously. And, yeah. uh, it happens too often. I just hate that, that cancel word. Well, I do too. And, and I don't think there's anyone amongst us that hasn't felt some close loss in life as the result of cancer. For me, at a young age, started with my mom. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it is everywhere you turn one or two degrees of separation away from us. But, um, when, when someone as young as Karen is taken, boy, it just hits you twice as hard. Yeah. When you said 1958 and myself being born in 1957, um, it, it really created a lump in my throat. So, well, yeah. let's move on to, let's, let's move on to. As Sean and Karen and Lindsay would tell you, let's move on to happier times and celebrate her life and her memory. And um, let's do so today by bringing on somebody that has certainly followed in the tracks of others who have figured out along the way how to take um, what may have been looking a little bit like lemon at one point and turn it into lemonade. As as um, I learned about Stacy while reading about the birth of chicken salad chick, that there were some common denominators in an old world that I lived in, Paul, with, with Wingzone. When Matt and Adam started Wingzone, they were still at the University of Florida cooking out of a frat house kitchen until I think they got in trouble and somebody told them you can't cook commercial product in a frat house kitchen. Uh, I read somewhere along the way that Stacy might have had some similar encounters in her life that she'll tell us about here in just a moment after you've introduced her. Yep, um, reading a lot um, about uh, Stacy Brown, the founder of Chicken Salad Chip, as we do uh, with all our guests in, in preparation for the show. Uh, always find some interesting information, and this is definitely going to be an interesting story. And today's segment is titled, There's No Perfect Recipe 
for success. Uh, and Stacy has been quoted as saying, there's no perfect recipe for success. For me, it's about good people and making good decisions for the right reason. She also said, although I now use the term founder, that word didn't exist for me nine years ago. At that time, I was known as the woman stupid enough to open a restaurant that only serves chicken salad. Stacy Brown, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And um, and I'm so sorry about the loss of your friend, Karen, and what a beautiful tribute that was to her by her husband and daughter and what a beautiful life it sounds like she led. So, um, so I'm sorry about that loss. And thank you so much for having me today. Well, thank it's you. our pleasure. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, definitely a pleasure. And, and certainly um, it, with, with such short notice, um, I know I reached out to uh, Monica Fide over at uh, BizCom and within seconds, she immediately responded and uh, and talked about Carrie and and you and uh, and obviously you were so gracious to um, accept our invitation and on such not, not such short notice I really and I know Stan does as well appreciate uh, that and you know as we always discuss with our guests uh, and just like Stan and I and so many others in the franchise world you know we didn't wake up one day long ago and say, you know what, I think I'm going to go into franchising. So <laughs> why don't you, Stacy, take us back as far as you would like, bring us forward to where we are today, and give us kind of, a, you know, some highlights of, um, of the, the, the challenges, the pitfalls, but where it got you to the point of starting um, your just very illustrious brand at that time, and we'll talk some more about the success of it as well. So take this away. Okay. Well, I um, was a stay-at-home mom, and I found myself in a divorce. After 10 years of marriage, I had a 2-year-old, a 3-year-old, and a 6-year-old, and wonderful children, and they were my entire life. But finding myself in a divorce, I needed to figure out how I was going to support these three kids. And after being a stay-at-home mom, I really felt like the stability, you know, after a divorce with the family disassembling, I really needed to keep that stability for them as much as possible. So my goal became, how am I going to support these kids from the house? How am I going to stay Mm -hmm. here and stay present and support these kids? Since I was a stay-at-home mom, you know, I cooked a lot. And thankfully, I had a mother and a father that were great cooks, and they taught me to cook, and I was a southern cook. I am not a culinary-trained cook, so I am no chef. I am a mama-trained cook. And so I happened to really be obsessed with chicken salad at the same time. I'm just a southern lady. I'm a southern girl, and we are looking for the gold at all times so we can share it with our best friends and tell them where to go get it. And I traveled the South anywhere that I, any restaurant I um, went into, if chicken salad was on the menu, I tried it. And I just felt like I was a connoisseur. So I was a very picky consumer. That's what I considered myself. So I thought if I could come up with a really good chicken salad recipe, the other people would value that too. So I went to work in my kitchen and I taste tested on everybody that I came in contact with. I just took little Tupperware containers all over town and I said, tell me what you think about this. I really want your honest feedback. Tell me what you think about this. And I listened. I really listened to what they had to say. And every time I listened to that feedback, I went back to the kitchen. And uh, so I went back to the kitchen and tweaked. And eventually came up with this recipe that made people's eyes roll in the back of their head. And I thought, wow, well, now that is a reaction. So I taste tested that recipe on everybody that I could find, and I got that same reaction. So that was what told me this was a recipe that was worth selling. And that's how it started. It was a door-to-door operation. I had never run a business before, so I reached out to um, a family friend whose name was Kevin Brown. 
And he began to consult with me and advise me on how to move forward. Well, I put all of my hopes and dreams into a car magnet. And I thought, if I'm going to do a business from home, the only way people are going to be able to know about me is through a car magnet. I will drive my little family truckster minivan around town, and they will read (laughs) what I do on the side of the car. So at that point, I thought, now what am I going to name this business, you know, that people are going to understand what I do in the time it takes for you to absorb that information at a red light. So Stacy's Catering, that's really vague. You know, Stacy's Hmm. Sandwiches, you know, not very appealing. So I thought chicken salad's got to be in the name. So chicken salad, I'm the chick that's going to bring it to you. So chicken salad chick, that's catchy. (laughs) You know, and it tells you exactly what I do. So that was it. Had a name, um, had a car magnet. Kevin and I went online and put this little logo together that um, has happened to be a great brand identity for us that we still have today. And we added a little basket to her arm that showed that I was delivering door to door. And that was the beginning of that business. Well, the phone rang off the hook, and that actually happened because I put a large bowl of the original recipe into a teacher's lounge, and I have learned and I have told everybody the gateway to your communities are hairstylists and teachers, (laughs) because if you can get it in the mouths of hairstylists and teachers, they're connected (laughs) to every family in the community. And they talk. So phone started ringing off the hook, and pretty soon the next phone call that I received was the Lee County Health Department. There it is. <laughs> there it is. There's the end of everything. And from what I've heard, a lot of people have gotten that call. So you heard about um, he you heard about one more just now, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, it really just. We hear all the time how restaurants fail, right? Well, they fail because they go out there and put lots of money into a huge building that they haven't even tested their product. They don't know if it's good enough to sustain a restaurant or not. But the people that get shut down by the health department because they're already successful, they know they've got a good product. So how how far in were you at that point? How in terms of time and commitment and and feeling like you were onto something? Where were you on that timeline continuum at that point? It was so fast. It all happened so fast that I was in a few months of delivering around town before the health department called and shut me down. And but at that point, the cravings had already started. So I started getting phone calls that they were like, buddy, hey, like, you know, over here in the bushes, somebody told me if um, if I told you I was a friend of Elizabeth, you would cook me some chicken salad. And and then I had people call and say, hey, I know that you can't sell chicken salad technically, but how about a donation? If I give you a donation, you could cook me some chicken salad. (laughs) It was crazy. So I said, no, no, I'm not doing any of this. This, I feel dirty. I'm not bootlegging chicken salad. So so at that point, Kevin Brown became my partner on paper, and we decided to open up a little takeout spot. And um, it was going to be takeout only, but we had a little drive-through window, which to me, that was the key to success at that point. A mother of three children, you know, I would do anything to not get out of the car. So um, we opened up this little takeout spot, and we had we opened on day one with 40 pounds of chicken salad to sell. And we opened the doors, and nobody showed up. Not a single customer for hours. And I thought, yeah. oh, my gosh. What have I done? What have I done? I've just put every penny to my name into this business that only serves chicken salad, only serves lunch, and only does takeout. This is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. And um, I thought, well, that was 
that was the second end to the business. The first end of the business was the health department call. The second end was actually opening the business and realizing nobody was going to show up. Um, thankfully, a lady walked in the door. And that was the beginning. Then they very quickly, they came and we sold out in two hours. Hmm. And so we said, let's make some more. So the second day we doubled our production and every one of those people came back, but they brought a friend and we sold out in two hours the next day. So it was trial by fire after that. People started pouring in. We didn't know what we were doing. We had never run a restaurant before. Um, The lobby of our little takeout spot was filled with people shoulder to shoulder. I say it was like the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. And we had no clue what we were doing. All I could think was just make more food. Let's just make more food. We've got to feed these people. We've got to feed these people. And uh, Kevin was saying, this is a nightmare. You know, we can't project what to cook. We're running out of food. We don't, and we're not making any money. We were feeding these people as fast as we could, but we weren't making a dime because we had no processes. We had no procedures. We had no projections. We had nothing because we didn't know what we were doing, and we were just feeding people as fast as we could. So thankfully, his brain, my brain is the creative brain. His brain is an efficiency-driven brain. So he said, we have got to make this thing work. And so he started doing things. Today we did it in six steps. Tomorrow we're going to do it in five. Today we did it in five. Tomorrow we're going to do it in four. And I would say in the grand scheme of of things, relatively, he turned us into a well-oiled machine in a very short period of time, and we started making money. What was his what was his that business before this? Where did where did he gain the knowledge and the and the efficiency minded uh, policies and procedures? What was his background? Well, he was a um, computer software salesman when he started advising me, but that was just his personality and his brain was just an efficiency driven, a flawless execution. That's what he appreciated was near perfection in everything. And so Mm -hmm. that's what drove him. And so we had this good product. We had people that were ripping the doors off of the hinges, but we were not delivering it to them in an efficient way. So thankfully that was his strength and he was amazing and brilliant. Um, We made, we closed the restaurant um, just for four days to fly to Jamaica and get married. So wow. we were married in um, November of 2008, and we came back to the fire of the restaurant and figuring everything out. We had to open two more restaurants in the same town just to pull the chaos from our one little takeout spot <laughs> because people, we were just making people angry because we couldn't fit them in there. We, you know, we. So we had to create two more just to pull this madness away. Well, we're in Auburn, Alabama. Auburn University is here. We have a lot of students here, and they start bringing their families from all over the country. And they're bringing them to this unique spot, this unique concept. And they start putting in franchise requests. Wow, what do we have to do? to get one of these in Little Rock, Arkansas. What mm-hmm. do we have to do to get one of these in um, in Florida? What do we have to, you know, all, all these requests started coming for from all over the country because the families of these students were coming in our doors. And we were so just overtaken with survival of making it with these three restaurants working they would say so can i just buy your recipes can we just do this and i would we we would say put your name on this list we do not have time for that just put your name on this list and if we get to it we get to it well that list grew and grew and grew to finally we couldn't ignore it anymore And we loved what we did. We loved serving people. We loved those relationships and the connections that we were making. 
And that's really what we wanted to do was to serve people. So we could have just said, and people asked us this, why didn't you just turn your recipe into something that you could sell to food services or sell in the grocery stores because the product is great? And I thought, what? Why would I take all of the wonderful fun out of connecting with these people and impacting these lives? Why would I take all the fun out of that and put it in a grocery store? <laughs> that's not that's that's not what this is about. So that's how the franchising Stacey. started after all of this. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, as we uh, get closer to our uh, mid-show break, and we're going to talk and get very deep into the uh, franchise side of the picture, which um, I just heard you were, you were starting to uh, work into. Um, I just wanted to uh, touch, have you touch base on, you know, some of the additional challenges uh, over the, um, the, the few years after you uh, actually got that message from the health department, got married, got the stores up and running, and you're clicking along at a, at a good pace, and then you faced yet another challenge, a personal challenge. Can you share some thoughts on that? Are you referring to um, my husband's diagnosis? Yes. So after we started franchising, we were selling restaurants. We were opening restaurants. Our family of franchise owners was growing, and and it truly was and still is a family. I mean, when our franchise owners come to town, they stay with me. I mean, it's a family. Mm-hmm. And we decided very early on that we would not choose franchise owners that we didn't feel that way about. So Kevin and I spent a lot of time with our prospective franchise owners, and we said after this amount of time that we spend with them, if we don't feel like we would enjoy getting in the car and driving to California with them, we don't want to be in business with them for the rest of our lives. So that is how we would decide, you know, who was going to be a part of this family. It was a, a cultural fit. Well, so our family is very strong. Our family of owners was very strong, and we had a our very first franchise conference in Destin, Florida. And at that point, Kevin was not feeling very well, and we decided that he would go to the doctor when we returned home from the conference. And... So he went to the doctor, and I remember very specifically, I mean, you don't ever forget a day like this, but he was in the conference room with our amazing team, and he was going over how wonderful the conference had been, debriefing everybody, talking about how we could do next year's better and what was wonderful about this year. And I am pulled out of the conference room by a phone call, and it was the doctor. And the doctor um, said, Mrs. Brown, your husband has cancer. And at age 38, Kevin was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And that was another huge life change for everyone involved. And his purpose quickly became how to help other people with this disease that may not have the strength to fight and to fight for research and to fight for help. And he was just as tough as they come. And for the next two years, he fought every day to help people with this disease and to help with a cure and to raise money for research. And that was the beginning of the Chicken Salad Chick Foundation was that diagnosis. Since then, we've been able to put a large check in the hands of scientists, and he's left us with a wonderful legacy to continue. And um, he passed away November 21st of 2015. So we have a lot of work to do in his name and large shoes to fill. Amazing that we... Stacey, I really appreciate you 
sharing that story. Um, thank you very much. Boy, Paul, I'll tell you what, the emotion going through me right now between the opening of this show and what we're hearing right now is just uh, unbelievable day to day. You're listening to Franchise yeah. Today. Now in its ninth season of podcasting, I'm Stan Friedman along with our co-host Paul Segreto, and we're talking today with Stacy Brown, founder of Chicken Salad Chick. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where Paul and his team have been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach, delivering more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Foundry team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist you with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide you with the guidance needed to navigate them. You can learn more about Paul Segreto and the Franchise Foundry, along with their expanding list of clients at www.franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today is also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and prospective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including text. Legal and compliance is simplified as well with FRM's document management, and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored using FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions at frmsolutions.com. So, Stacy, it's uh, what a rocket ride. You've, uh, you've had not one, not two, but three um, opportunities to fold your tent and quit because life was getting in the way, and you, uh, you turned your back on all three of those, didn't you? I don't see that as an option. <laughs> I, don't, well, I really don't. I mean, life, we, I mean, it's a roller coaster. We all know that. It is an absolute roller coaster. My mother always taught me to depend on change. And by that, she meant do not be afraid of change, that life is always going to change. And that means that when things are good, you don't take things for granted because things are going to change. And when things are bad, you don't dwell in those things and let it destroy you because things are going to change. And so I feel like I've always, I'm always pushing forward. And I don't think what's looming around the corner, I think what's the surprise party around the corner? You know what I mean? It's just perspective. I love that. I had a boss once that taught, me a lesson that has stayed with me for my whole life, which is change is certain, growth is optional, and uh, you, know, you I can't like that. <laughs> you can't change the fact every every day is going from the weather to who knows what. It's always going to be different. People are said not to like change, but you don't have anything to do with it. It's going to change whether right. you, um, um, whether you embrace it or not. Growth, on the <laughs> other hand, is enti- is entirely up to you. So. Well, you've come a long way from from humble beginnings to um and I you know I'm I'm going to give you a full confession here as diverse and as large as your menu has become um I'm a victim of habit. So jalapeno holly is as far as I've gotten. And my <laughs> wife and and others that I know have been all over your menu, but I park on something that I like and that's always it for me. But You've got so much going on between the growth of this concept from the development side to the menu side to the recipe side. 
tell us a little bit about how that that franchise side of your business started to take hold and where you turned for the guidance and the direction and the help needed to to get you out of the gate as a franchise concept. So this is another story that happened in the middle of that. We, When Kevin and I franchised the concept, he actually wrote a 500-page document that legally franchised the document. Then we were franchised, and we thought, now what? You know, we've got the concept is franchised. We have these three restaurants to run. How are we going to run a franchise company? We need to partner with people that have franchising experience. So a couple approached us, a husband and wife team just like us. They approached us and said that they were interested and they wanted to buy 51% of the business. Well, everybody knows that's not a good idea. You would never sell 51% of your business. So they were really stuck on that. They wanted the 51%, and we did not want to sell 51%. So we would say courted for a long time, maybe nine months. We went back and forth and really dissected this relationship and how that would work. And we finally decided to do the deal because we believed in the fact that this was truly going to be a partnership. And we we settled on the fact that one day our exit strategy would be to sell the rest of the business and we would ride off into the sunset anyway. So why are we getting hung up on this 1% when these are most likely the people we're going to sell to? So we made peace with that fact. We did the deal, 51%, and we became partners. Four months into our partnership, we realized it was a horrible mistake. We had different visions for the brand, and they wanted to take us in a completely different direction. So Kevin and I met with the couple, and we said, Guys, we know this is not a good relationship. It's not been a good thing. We need to dissolve the partnership. And we were told, well, kids, this is no partnership. We own 51% of this business, and we can fire you with just cause and take your shares anytime we want. So that was going to be the end of the business again. And... So we took it to our board of directors, and they said, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, you need to give the Browns the chance to buy you out because they're the founders of the business. So they said, okay, here you go. Here's our number, three times the amount they bought in for four months earlier, and you have 30 days to get it to us. So we hit the ground running on what we called our Southeastern Fundraising Tour, And we gave pitch after pitch after pitch to anybody that would listen. And I packed up coolers full of chicken salad and we're handing it out everywhere. And over and over and over in every meeting that we held, we heard this. So you want us to buy a minority share of a business that has not one single franchise location open for this much money? Thanks, but no thanks. So that 30-day clock was ticking away, and we had not a single prospect that would even think about it. And two days before our 30-day clock was up, a lady in our office slid me a piece of paper, and she said, call these people. They're the only ones that I know that could possibly do this. So I called the people on the list. I begged them to come and just listen. Please, this is crazy, but just come listen, come listen. They agreed to listen. Kevin gave his best four-hour pitch on why they should do this. We took him to lunch at Chicken Salad Chick. We filled him up full of coolers of chicken salad, and we said goodbye (laughs) to our last chance to save this business. So we quietly were driving back to the office, not speaking, knowing what was happening. And Kevin's phone rang, and it was one of the gentlemen that was in that meeting. His name was Erlen McCorder, and he said, can you come back to the restaurant? I want to sit and talk to just the two of you. So we whipped the car around, drove back to the restaurant, and we sat in the booth with this gentleman, and he said, this is a good thing. 
and I believe in the character of the two of you, and I will write you a check for every penny that you need. And that saved our company. And Mr. McCorder infused capital into our business so that we could hire this amazing, passionate, talented team, and that's how we hit the ground running at that point. So that's when Erlen and his wife, Betty, and Kevin and I started selling the restaurants and everything was going well, and then we got Kevin's diagnosis. After Kevin's diagnosis and the um, Chicken Salad Chick Foundation forming, we also knew that we needed to get the business, the franchisor, set up for success so that if anything happened to Kevin, our franchise owners will be taken care of. So we started interviewing private equity firms. And interview after interview, we said no after no after no. We brought them into our home. I cooked them dinner. We said we dated more private equity firms, and we had learned our lesson with bad partners. So we were not going to make that mistake again. So we finally found a private equity firm that was interested in growing what was built with respect and value to what had been built, not changing it, but just to provide that runway for growth without changing the core and the culture of who we were as a business. And so we partnered with Eagle Merchant Partners out of Atlanta, and they have been an absolute wonderful partner choice for us. And they have helped us grow now to 85 restaurants, 86 restaurants next week in 11 states. And the future is very bright. And we have Kevin's legacy to continue. And we have happy franchise owners. And it's looking good. What a beautiful uh, beautiful story. Um, what a great experience to share with many that, um, you know, are facing, you know, challenges, whether similar or otherwise, uh, as they're looking at, you know, expanding their business and, and working through franchising. And um, I, I think that just, you know, your experience and where you are today just brings, uh, I think, some hope to many of those individuals that are, that are facing challenges that they think are insurmountable. And I really appreciate, um, you know, you sharing that today. So as we work towards the, uh, the last quarter of the show, uh, we do want to take a little deeper dive into, um, you know, the franchise opportunity um, with Chicken Salad Chick. Tell us what the day in the life of a franchisee looks like for Chicken Salad Chick. So one of the things that Kevin and I said when we opened the very first Chicken Salad Chick was we are going to run a restaurant. The restaurant is not going to run us. And so what do we do? We serve lunch. We serve lunch and dinner, but we're not open very early and we're not open very late. So we say that we have a restaurant that runs banker's hours, and we are open from Monday to Saturday, and depending on the franchise owner's choice, they can be open from 10 to 8, anywhere from 10 to 8. Some are open from 11 to 7. They have some flexibility within uh, the schedule. We are closed on Sundays. People assume that we're closed on Sundays because we're following a a Chick-fil-A model which um, is not really true. We just It was part of that life-work balance that we said we were going to stay committed to in the beginning and that we all need a day to rest and reconnect with families and friends and come back to work rejuvenated and happy to be there. And we said we don't – it's not fair for just owners to have that luxury. Everybody that works with us has that luxury. So we are closed on Sundays throughout the concept, and there's no exception to that. So for restaurants that open at 10 or 11, 
depending on what schedule the franchise owner is choosing to um, come in when they, you know, when they come in. But people are getting ready. Our prep kitchen starting at 8 o'clock in the morning, and they are mixing 12 to 15 different flavors of chicken salad and making, getting soups ready, and our homemade side salads are getting ready, just getting prepared for the day. And then we have our wonderful lunch rush. We can make a plate. What is so great and wonderful that I love about our concept is everything we do, all of our chicken salads and side salads, we make them all from scratch, but it only takes us 40 seconds to make a plate. So that is something that we take a lot of pride in. So, um, So lunch rush happens, and people are coming in and, tasting all of our flavors and enjoying a wonderful lunch. And then we have a dinner crowd that comes in, starts about 5 o'clock, and then depending on when that franchise owner depends to, um, decides to close, then they close up and go enjoy the evening with their families. It's a pretty nice place. Nice. <laughs> so, so other than having the good fortune of having to – get to know and work with, with Carrie to determine whether or not uh, they're going to make it into the chicken salad chick family as a franchisee. What else do you look for? What else do you look for in candidates? What do they look for? Who should the right people be that come to you with a desire other than loving the product and, and enjoying being a customer, what are the attributes that Carrie and you are looking for? What are you looking for when you're talking to people about becoming franchisees? So the absolute most important thing to us is our culture. And for our culture to be pure at heart, we have to, that's what we value is our culture. Our culture is lifting people up, spreading joy, enriching lives, and to be able to do that in a genuine, connecting way, you really have to have a servant's heart. You have to love people. You have to um, enjoy people and look forward to all that interaction and connection. I mean, there are some people that see employees as um, the most difficult part of owning a business are your employees, well, if that is a perspective that employees are the most difficult part, that's not really a good fit for us. We view our team as a wonderful way to impact so many different lives from the people that are working in that building to those lives that are touching the lives of the people that come in to eat with us. And it's, a, it's an honor to be able to have that impact on people But if that's not the view that these people have that want to be franchisees, then it's just not a good cultural fit for us because that is our culture, and we have to keep that pure because that's our brand, taking care of people, enriching their lives, serving them, and when they leave us, they leave happy, full, and understanding that their presence was valued. And there's no faking that. There's no amount of money that can make that happen. It's just a true servant's heart. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with people that don't have that. It's just the right cultural fit for us. And that's really what we're going after. Are these people single and or multi-unit operators? Are they flying other flags? Are they first-time buyers? Or are they some combination of all of the above? It's a combination of all of the above. You know, um, people have different circumstances, but if we find that servant's heart, that's what we value. And people can have a servant's heart at different levels. It can be one restaurant. It can be ten restaurants. But if they truly have it, it's going to come through because that's the leadership of their business. So we have all kinds. So we um, We love people with restaurant experience that have a servant's heart. But if they don't have restaurant experience, we're still open to that, just like Kevin and I didn't have restaurant experience either. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. I love that, a servant's heart. 
um, I think I will take that with me for a long time. Tell us um, a little bit about the the business model, the, uh, the 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 franchise model as far as you know investment level, uh, the type of location that you might be looking for, and and maybe even some of the uh, you know types of locations that would be ideal for uh, franchise candidates. And I know right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're also focused more on geographically on the southeast. Is that correct too? We are currently set, you know, we're working on saturating the southeast, but we're also growing north and west also. So we have locations that are committed and sold uh, further west and further north, but we're growing that way. You know, we have markets still in the south that we want to fill in, but we are still growing more north and more west. So we want to be America's favorite place for chicken salad. So we don't. Our boundaries are the are the ocean. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm I'm looking at so, I'm looking at the picture that I found online um, as part of our promotion, and it's the uh, it's the beautiful chicken salad chick logo. But I got to tell you, this uh, this chicken salad sandwich with lettuce and tomato and a croissant is it just has my mouth watering. And um, for those that always listen to Franchise Today, Stan and I usually talk at the beginning of the show about him um, eating uh, a a sandwich, you know, before every show. Uh, I got to tell you, Stan, this is something that is calling my name. And um, I'm sad to say I've never had one of these sandwiches, and I'm just dying for it. Uh, Anytime soon coming to Houston? Yes, absolutely. We have 10 locations sold in Houston right now. So, um, yes, very soon, very soon there will be some open in Houston. Oh, I'm so sad that you have not had any. No, (laughs) I don't don't get an opportunity to to get into the southeast as often as I would like, but definitely – the, the first time one opens up here in Houston, I'm going to be standing there, and the next time I'm in Atlanta, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going to look one out because I'm going to stand and be dragging me to it. So, again, back to you know, my question. Just so, holly. Yeah, so just so <laughs> people have some idea, what type of investment level um, is, is there for a, a chicken salad chick location? So, um, of course, according to square footage, that's going to be a range, but it and market, but it can be anywhere from three fifty to five fifty. I'm thinking is the um, total investment up front. And um, what was one of your other questions? You said total investment. Oh, and we love inline shopping centers where there might be a wonderful popular grocery store like a Publix or a Kroger or something like that where people are coming in daily and we're right there. And just as they're going to get their groceries, they can come get their pounds of chicken salad if they'd like to do that, or they can stop and have lunch or dinner. And we love an end cap with a drive through as I told you earlier. As a mother of three children, I would do anything not to get out of the car. So I have a soft place in my heart for people that don't want to get out of the car. So we love a drive through as well. What do you think, Paul? Can you you may you may want to do more uh, than I, just I, taste it. You may want to own one. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, 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 crazier things have happened. <laughs> crazier things have happened. I do miss my days as a uh, as a multi-unit franchisee. At times, at other times, I love working with uh, uh, emerging brands. And uh, you know, it, it, it's funny as I'm listening to this story, and I'm sure the um, the southern accent. Uh, so to speak, is is shining through. I I, I just feel like um, I, I've almost spoken to you. We've almost spoken to your twin before, uh, Stacy, and that I would be referring to uh, Gigi Butler, uh, who also faced some major challenges. You know, early on, you know, getting Gigi's cupcakes up to speed and stuff. Um, and it just it it just makes what we do at Franchise Today so heartwarming, especially since we we hear your story. We we heard the uh, the great tribute that that Stan shared uh, earlier with uh, about Karen Spencer and it's just this has been a tough show and um, 
I couldn't think of a more perfect guest than you to be on this week's show and having it occur as a last minute, uh, I think was, I think yeah. somebody in the greater, in the greater world, in the greater spiritual world put this all together today. I, I can't think of any other reason. Yeah. There are no coincidences, I, Paul. We always say that. <laughs> I agree I mean, that with had, you. That we had a last minute cancellation on, on the spur of the moment and, and then get the opportunity to hear your story today on top of all else is just a, a really heartwarming episode of Franchise today. And listen, before we run out of time, Stacy, we want you to tell our audience how they can find you or get more information about the concept and get in touch with you for maybe tell us some shows you may be going to be at or, or just how people can contact you and, and learn more. Well, they can always go to our website, which is chickensaladchick.com. And I believe there's a franchising tab on there, and there are lots of questions that they'll be asked. And Carrie Evans is our um, salesperson that that um, they all would speak to, and she is wonderful, and she has the absolute heart of this brand. Um, she has the best interest of this brand in her heart and she is a wonderful ambassador for us and everyone will enjoy talking to her as well. But we look forward to having um, more people become a part of our family and um, look forward to meeting all of those new people across the country as we strive to be America's best place for chicken salad. That is our goal. So we look forward to all of the lives that we get to impact across the country as we move forward. It's very exciting. You know, before I met you the first time, and it was at a show, and I don't remember which one it was, but I heard Carrie Evans talking um, somewhere at a, at a franchise program or a show, and I thought she was the chicken salad chick until I met <laughs> you and discovered that Carrie just had the same level of passion, but it wasn't her concept. I, you'd never have known that the first time I was exposed to her. So you're very fortunate to have her on your team as well, and I just say that because I know. I know. She's wonderful, and, I mean, she is that. She is just as passionate, and that's really the way everybody is on our team because we understand we don't get up in the morning to make a sandwich. You know, we get up in the morning (laughs) to enrich these lives. We're a bright spot in the world, and what could feel better? Amen. Yep. Amen. Stacey, thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts about being here and especially last minute and willingness to share um, a great story. Uh, Certainly uh, the many, many young entrepreneurs out there that always come to Franchise Today to learn more. And that's, you know, 170,000 plus a year in on-demand listens now. Um, This is what continues to make – franchising great and and appreciate you being there today and i look forward to seeing you in an upcoming show well thank you thank you both very much for having me on and it was very special to share this show with karen today thank you stacy appreciate it thank you thank you well stan another show um I will uh, take uh, emphasis to put a great show uh, today. And uh, just more to come from uh, Franchise Today and um, future episodes as we uh, we line up some great guests. And, of course, I also want to extend thanks to Alejandra and Luis Font, uh, last week's guest from the Camp Transformation Center. Um, appreciate their time uh, as well. And, of course, Stan, I appreciate the time that you commit to Franchise Today and uh, and all that you do to help uh, promote everything in franchising the way you do. Thank you. Thank you, too, Paul. appreciate you for all that you do and, and look forward to talking to you again next week. Sounds good. Until next week, my name is Paul Segreto, wishing you the best, the very best, in this great, great, special thing we call franchising. Franchise Today is out. <laughs> Franchise pros. Stand the man. Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way. 
a franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Want to lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion likes that pilot life under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire. From a single to a multi-unit empire. Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear. It's streaming in HD to find tunes above your ears. And standing Paul lays down the law. Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor. It's all about sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Proving concepts to start enterprises. So use your left and right side of your brain and absorb this knowledge here of franchising today. Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Franchise today. Huh? Franchise today. Huh?